You know, just walking in the uh, church building today, it just brings back so many wonderful memories of our meetings with all our dear brothers and sisters and friends. And we're used to looking at this congregation filled and sometimes even a congregation in our kitchen area because of the desires of our brothers and sisters and those from this area that have a desire to come to church and to fellowship with the saints. And I think of all those that surrendered their life to the Lord, our young people that we've witnessed over the years. I think that when I first came to this branch, there were maybe some 80-some members, and now there's almost 150. And some were transferred in, but many days we spent at the water shore enjoying those that had given their life to the Lord. All the beautiful sermons that we have heard over the years, all the beautiful testimonies that have been born, God's healing and the administration of the ordinances and of the gifts of God. And it filled my soul this morning just thinking on these beautiful memories that we have in our service to God. I think it was about two or three months ago, we were meeting here on a Wednesday night. And I'm not sure if I even shared this openly because we haven't been together for a long time. And I had been complaining to Rebecca that my throat was swollen, but I wasn't sick. And it was starting to concern me. It went on for over a week. And, you know, sometimes as ministers, we're the last ones. <laughs> Pete is laughing. We're all laughing here as ministers. We're the last ones to go before the ministry of the church and exercise God's authority to heal us when we need his healing power. And... I don't think my wife was going to let me go home without being prayed for. And Brother Austin was here. We were alone. He was one of the first ones here, and so was I. And I said, Brother Austin, would you anoint me? And you know, I don't know if I even shared this with him or the congregation. But as we were driving home, and I was swallowing, I realized that that soreness had all been taken away. And these are the memories and the blessings that we have in serving the Lord. I was humming a song, I think it was last Sunday morning, and it was the song that we sang. And I couldn't remember the words, and if I hummed it long enough to Rebecca, she finally found the song for me. And you know, I started singing this song one day while I was driving. And I felt the Spirit of God come upon me. You know, as it refers to being a living sacrifice. And I just said, Lord, if I've ever displeased you, or if there was ever a time when I didn't represent you as one of your children here below, I said, won't you forgive me? 
Times maybe that we held back, where we could have done more for the cause of Christ, and for whatever reason, we were hesitant to fulfill his will. And oh, I had a beautiful time in just praising the Lord and asking the Lord for his forgiveness. And I thought of the Lord at the, at the Garden of Gethsemane. And don't think for a moment that the Roman soldiers took our Savior. The Lord surrendered himself unto them. Because the scriptures are clear, he could have called read, uh, legions of angels to come and fight for him that day. And I don't think it would take more than one legion. And there would have been no Roman soldiers near the Lord. But the Lord said, not my will, but your will be done. And that's the theme, brothers and sisters, about being a living sacrifice for the Lord. That it's not my will anymore. It's not your will. It's now the will of God working within our hearts and within our souls. And Lord, forgive me when my will at times have gotten in the way of your will. Because that's not what we want since we have committed our life to thee. We want your will to take front stage in our life. And we want your Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. And throughout our life, we want to fulfill the will of the Father. That's what a living sacrifice is. We're living for the Lord. We're sacrificing the things of this world that would ruin our soul and that would take us further from the throne of God. I don't believe that any of us want that today. And this scripture, I believe, was the scripture that inspired this beautiful hymn that was written. It says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Today, brothers, sisters, and friends, God has a will. He has a will for you individually. He has a blueprint of your life. The Lord told many of the prophets that they were ordained from the foundation of the world, and they were ordained to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, there's a blueprint for our lives. There's a blueprint for our family. There's a blueprint for this church here in Mesa of what God wants us to do 
and how he wants us to reach out to the dying souls of men and women. There's a blueprint for the house of Israel and for all the promises that God has made unto them. But the Lord cautions us in this scripture that we cannot be conformed to this world because there's nothing that will allow us to veer off course from fulfilling the will of God is if we let the darkness of this world come into our soul. We can't be conformed to this world, to sin, and to those things that are displeasing in the eyes of God. Oh, I think of, was the brother of Jared? He was taking a journey with barges. And you know, he didn't want to travel in darkness, the scripture says. And I don't blame him because I wouldn't have wanted to make that trip in darkness. Today, we don't want to journey in this life in darkness. We want to be the light of the world and the salt of this earth. We want to be witnesses and represent Christ in all that we say and do in this life. And he brought these stones before the Lord. And he said, Lord, will you touch them that they might illuminate and that they might give us light? And Lord reached his finger down and he began to touch each one of these stones and they began to illuminate. And we often say in our preaching, these stones represented you and I that have given our life to the Lord, that God has touched us and he's illuminated us and we don't have to go through this world in darkness anymore. He's given us that straight and narrow path that leads to his kingdom. And we are walking on that, brothers and sisters and friends, even with all the disruptions that are going on right now. I know for a surety that God has not changed. And the plan of salvation has not changed. The Bible and the Book of Mormon has not changed. Oh, praise God. What a foundation that we have to stand on as the people of God. You remember before Lehi saw the tree of life, he was in a dark and a dreary waste. And he didn't want to be in darkness either. Just like the brother of Jared didn't want to be in darkness. Like you and I don't want to be in darkness today. And he said, oh, Lord, help me that this darkness might dispel. And oh, as soon as he prayed in his experience, the darkness dispelled. And he saw clearly that tree that represented the love of God. Isn't that just the way it is? That when this veil of darkness lifts from our eyes, we clearly see the path. We see the direction that we are to go in. God leads us on a daily basis, even through the difficult times of this life. And we'll partake of that tree in the beautiful fruit 
thereof. And we'll look around, even as Lehi did for our family and for our friends, that they too would partake of this beautiful fruit, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that today what we want in our life? Oh, brothers, sisters, and friends, it starts with us surrendering our life to the Lord. Like Brother A.J. told us last Sunday, the Lord, he went to John the Baptist, and he said, John, baptize me that all righteousness would be fulfilled. And John realized his nothingness before the Lord. He was unworthy to stoop down and even unlock the Lord's shoes. But the Lord insisted that he would be an example for you and I today, that we would begin this journey as a living sacrifice before the Lord. And John baptized our Savior, even though he was without sin. And the scripture says, the heavens open. And a voice was heard, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And you know, today, when we surrender our life to the Lord, I think those same words in some respect, are spoken. We know that the angels in heaven rejoice. And the Lord is pleased with us, as he was with the Savior, that we're giving our life to the Lord. Oh, brothers, sisters, and friends, the Lord is so good in our life. And I hope that we realize that in order to fulfill this scripture here today that we need to remember that this life is the time to prepare to meet the Lord. As Alma said so beautiful to Amulek and to Zizram, this is the time that we would have to prepare to meet God. And I want to tell you that as we live in a sober time right now, a time where many people's life has been short, it's a sober thought today how quickly someone can get this virus and leave this life. I want you to remember that the prophet Isaiah went to King Hezekiah and he said, set your house in order. Because today the Lord's going to call you home. And King Hezekiah was a good man. He was a righteous, righteous man. And I didn't give that scripture to Brother Micah. But not only did King Hezekiah fear that he was going to leave this life, the Assyrians were coming and to make war on the house of Israel. So you could imagine the stress level that our brother had. And he began to pray to the Lord. This is what he says. He says, I beseech you, O Lord, remember how I have walked before thee in truth. And with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in thy sight. And the scripture says, 
that Hezekiah wept sore. What a testimony today. What a testimony. But we should have our spiritual house in order because we don't know the day that the Lord is going to call us out of this life. The Lord says, I come as a thief in the night. And he doesn't often give us warning when he might take us home. A few weeks or a few years ago, um, I was very sick with double ammonia. And uh, I was having a hard time breathing, just as many who have gotten this illness have struggled and had to be on ventilators. And I was never on a ventilator. I never left the house. But I was fearing, brothers and sisters and friends, that my time was coming to an end. And Brother Pete, who's here today, he called me one day. And he said, Brian, I want to pray for you. Brother Pete, you'll remember. And our brother poured out his heart to the Lord that God would spare my life. And I was talking to him afterwards. And for a whole week, I was telling him I didn't remember anything. And I said, Brother Pete, all I remember is you prayed for me on Tuesday. And Brother Pete said, Brian, I prayed for you on Friday. <laughs> I didn't even have the right day, right? That's how far out of it that I was. And you know, as I was getting worse, this sober thought that came to my mind, am I a living sacrifice for the Lord? Is my spiritual house in order and I began to pour out my heart to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know I love all my brothers and sisters. And I have to tell you, we cannot be prepared. And our spiritual house cannot be in order unless we love one another as Christ has loved us. You know, I often say when people come to the house of God, if they don't understand the everlasting fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they should at least feel the love of God among us. They should know that we are Christ's disciples by the love that we have. If we have any grudges, our spiritual house is not prepared today. If we have any hard feelings in our heart, if we're at aught with our brother and our sister, and I would just tell you today is the day to call whoever needs to be called and to set your life in order before the Lord that we might be that true living sacrifice before Christ. And I have to tell you, I started praying to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I love all my brothers and sisters. I said, Lord, I love you with all my heart and all my soul. And I said, if I've done anything, Lord, to offend you, won't you forgive me that I might enter into your kingdom? You know, I wasn't concerned for my job. I wasn't concerned for my investments or any natural thing in this life. When you get to that point, you are only focused on meeting the Lord. 
And I thought that day was my day. And you know, the Lord gave me a beautiful experience where I saw myself walking down a road and to the left and right were beautiful white mansions. And it's hard for me to describe the beauty, but these mansions glowed, they sparkled. And I was coming near to the end of a cul-de-sac and one of the doors opened, and it was our dear brother Phil Jackson, apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ that we loved with all our heart. And you know how loud he could be at times? He said, Brian, and he ran out to greet me, and we embraced. There was no social distancing in this experience, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> we embraced, I said, Brother Phil, it's so good to see you. And he said, Brian, look what the Lord has prepared for me and for all those that love and serve the Lord. He was pointing to that mansion. And we started walking towards it. And he showed me all the beauty. He says, this workmanship is beyond what I could have ever built. Our brother was a good carpenter. And we started walking out of the house. And the next door opened, and it was Brother John Gennaro, an evangelist of the Church of Jesus Christ. And Brother John started running towards me. You know, I was a young, young boy. The first or the time that I've seen Brother John run. He's been in a cane just about all my life. But he wasn't suffering anymore, brothers and sisters. He could run. And he had all the life that any one of us would have. And we embraced. And Brother John pointed to his home. He says, look what the Lord has prepared for me. And I said, yes, Brother Phil and I were just marveling. We're just praising and honoring God for his goodness and how he's blessed you. And you know, I said, Brother Phil... I said, I wonder if the Lord has a mansion for me. I think I was feeling a little left out at this point in the experience. And Brother Phil put his hand on my shoulder. He said, Brian, your time's not yet. He says, go back now. He says, you've got to run the race to the end. And you've got to finish your course. He says, but we'll see each other again. And I embraced him, and I embraced my brother John, and I awoke up from that dream. And I realized in that experience how wonderful it is to be in the kingdom of God, to be with our brothers just for a moment, just to have a glimpse of the glory of God. Sometimes we feel this sacrifice in this life is too much. But we don't know all the blessings that the Lord has in store for those who love and serve him. Oh, my brothers and sisters and friends, I realized from that experience, I've got to run the race to the end. Just as you do, I've got to be that sacrifice. Just as you do. And you know... I had, I had so many of these scriptures. <laughs> I'm going to skip down because I want to come. Okay, he's already got this up. 
Here's what Alma says in preparation to meet the Lord. Are you willing to mourn with those that mourn? Yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. To stand as a witnesses of God at all times and all things and all places that you may be in, even until death, that you may be the redeemed of God and be numbered with those in the first resurrection that you might have eternal life. That's where it all begins, brothers, sisters, and friends. It begins at the waters of Mormon. It begins when we surrender our life to the Lord. And I had one brother at conference, you know, we don't realize, but people are hearing our sermons from all over the church. I think we realize that now. <laughs> but he goes, you know, you brothers in Mesa, you preach a lot about repentance and baptism. And I said, you know, I hope I'm guilty of that. <laughs> and I hope all our brothers are guilty because God has ordained us in the latter days to not only preach the gospel, but he says whatever we bind on earth, he will bind in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth, he will loose in heaven. And when we take a candidate and we baptize them as the Lord has instructed us, the Lord writes their names down in the Lamb's book of life. And it can only be erased by us if we choose Brothers and sisters and friends, let's turn to Revelation 7, 13, 14. There was a man who approached John, and he says, Who are these arrayed in white? Whence did they come? And, the, and John says, Lord, you know. He says, Sir, thou knowest. He says, these came out of great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Who are these that are arrayed in white? It's our grandparents that bore the heat of the day. Brother Pete, it's your father. It's, it's my father. It's all those that loved and served the Lord. Brother AJ, it's your grandparents and great-grandparents who serve the Lord with all their heart and with all their soul. Yes, there's going to be some tribulation. There's going to be trials. I don't know the extent of what the Lord has in store for us in these latter days. But I know God's going to take us through the trials and the tribulations. And I know that if we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, God is going to honor us, and he's going to bless us in our life. <clears throat> I want to come to a close. <laughs> I um, normally don't write things down <laughs> when I'm preaching, but I did write some notes this week. But I want to tell you that God honors your life when you sacrifice your all for the Lord. We have very little to offer the Lord he has so much to offer us. I was reading a story of Elijah and the widow woman this week. And Elijah says, fetch me a morsel of bread. And the woman, this was during a famine. She says, I don't have a morsel of bread. He, she says, all I have, I've got a little barrel of meal in the barrel. I've got a little oil 
in the cruise. And I was going to make it for my son and I. And we're going to leave this life. And Elijah said this. He said, make it for me first. And realizing that the woman would have had nothing left. But Elijah said, make it for me first. And he says, the meal in the barrel will not waste. Nor will the oil in the cruise fail today. That's the blessings that God will honor us with when we turn our life over to the Lord. When, though we don't have much to offer him, he's got so much to offer us. And by giving that little cake today, which represents our life, brothers and sisters and friends, it's our life, it's all we can give to the Lord, is to surrender it over to him. If we do that, if we fulfill just these few scriptures, the Lord will bless us. He's compelled to bless us because it's his nature. He's going to bless us in ways that we never believed through trials, through tribulations, through problems in our life. He's going to give the increase. He's going to bless us. And the scripture says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's never entered into the heart of man, those blessings to those who love and serve the Lord. So may God bless you. My brothers and sisters, we miss you all. We love you with all our heart. I'm going to turn the meeting over to Brother Pete. God bless you. I so enjoyed Brother Brian uh, and the message today that was uh, placed upon your heart by the Spirit of the Lord. And, um, you know, we, we all got in here this, mo or this morning uh, a little early, Brother AJ, myself, Brian, and uh, Sister Becky, and Brother Micah. And yes, we're practicing social distancing, so don't, don't get nervous. But before we started the service, Brother AJ felt that we should have a word of prayer. And it felt so good to be in a circle with the saints of God and to pray to him. And Brother Brian said that in this circle, he said, you know, Pete, I heard this song before and I knew you sang it. By the way, I dusted that music off this morning. I wanted to sing it for Brian and uh, all brothers and sisters and friends. Uh, I must have sang that when I was 22 uh, that, that song goes up into the, into the rafters. Let me tell you how high it goes. So I, I deferred to the video. God bless that brother that sang that this morning. But I'll tell you about that song. While Brian was preaching about these beautiful memories that we have, that whole scene opened up to me, and I love the technology that we have today. I started to text Brother Paul Aaron, Paul Mary, my younger brother in the Lord, now an apostle of our church. And I remember that day, I asked them, I said, Brother Paul, I remember singing this song. Was this the song that you asked for your baptism? I, I knew he asked for his baptism. I couldn't remember the song. 
And his text comes back so beautiful and said, it was make my life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. And when we finished that song on that beautiful day at Imperial, Brother Paul Aaron rose to his feet and surrendered his life to Christ. The Spirit of the Lord was so filled in that room. And you know, brothers and sisters, as Brian was rehearsing these beautiful, beautiful scriptures, the scripture just came to me. It's one of my favorite. It's found in Galatians, the second chapter. I don't know. I could quote it word for word, but I'll, I'll let you look it up. I'm crucified with Christ. That sacrifice, brothers and sisters and friends, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ in me. He liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, praise the Lord. You know what Calvary says, brothers and sisters and friends, this morning? Calvary says that the Lord loved me. He loved me in all my sin. That's what Calvary speaks to me in my heart. Every time I think of the Lord and I think of Calvary, I hear the Lord say, Brother Pete, I love you. And let me tell you today, when I present my body a living sacrifice, I present it's by the mercies of God. It's not by my works. It's by the mercies of God that I can sacrifice my life to Christ. So I want to live a life of mercy to people. When I do, I'm saying to the Lord, I love you, Lord. I want to live a life of worship. I want to tell you something today. You can't live a life giving mercy and grace to people without worshiping the Lord in your life. What does that mean, Brother Pete? You come to church? You sing a few hymns? No, that's not what it means. It means that every choice I make in my life, it is worshiping God because I'm choosing God over evil. And I worship the Lord when I do that. I want to give a life of worship. I want to give a life of mercy. I want to give a life of sacrifice. It leads then to sacrifice. If I'm showing mercy to people, what does sacrifice mean, brothers and sisters and friends? It means that Christ gave up his will. Oh, that beautiful second verse of that song says, I cannot be content until I reach this place. What little I have given of my life to you. Lord, break down my will. Make my desires your own. I long to give my everything to you. That's what God wants from us. And when we live like that daily, I want to tell you, there will be no broken families. There will be no divorce and separation. There will be no hardships. There will be joy and peace. And the kingdom of peace will be established when we sacrifice our spirits and our will and become subject and surrender to Jesus and everything. We'll be a different church. We'll be a different people. We'll be a beacon and a light to the world greater than we are today when we learn sacrifice and, and surrender. Is that our reasonable service? It is. You know what we did at the water's edge? We promised to say, Lord, I'll love you. Come what may for the rest of my days. No matter what you inflict upon me, as King Benjamin says, as a father doth inflict upon his child, I'm going to hold your hand and surrender every step of the way. 
So my brothers and sisters and friends, make my life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. I want to be accepted of the Lord. I want, I want him to lift me up, and I want him to sustain me. You know how I pray right now, brothers and sisters and friends? Lord, sustain the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Sustain him with your spirit. Sustain him with hymns. Sustain him with your wonderful word until we have the wonderful opportunity to meet again. And you know, God's able, isn't he? So my brothers and sisters, God bless you. Um, looks like we're going to be at least in Arizona for another time yet of self-quarantine and, and stay-at-home order. That's okay. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. God knows exactly what we're facing, and he's going to sustain us and take care of us. I want to be busy surrendering and sacrificing the things that separate me from God's love. And I'll be a better husband and a better father. I'll be a better saint and a better minister if I do the things that God asks of me. Uh, it's so good to see you, Brother Brian, Sister Becky. Um, I've been seeing AJ the last couple weeks. It's good, but it's good to see you. And may God bless you. So with that, brothers and sisters, have a wonderful week. Um, we'll uh, just stay tuned to all the wonderful uh, virtual meetings we're having. A couple weeks ago, I think it was last Wednesday, we had a... Uh, testimony meeting, and I want to tell you it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it so much. I hope that continues, and we're, we're getting many, many visitors that, uh, that uh, attend with us, and it's awesome. So may God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Have a wonderful week, okay? Save your worrying for the Lord. Let Lord God stays up all night. He don't sleep. He, he, could, he could do, and by the way, he's been taking care of people for millenniums, just so you get that. Okay, so we do things for six months, we think we're good. He's been doing this for millenniums, taking care of people, okay, blessing them, healing them, Brother Brian, lifting us up, and he's here for us. He's here for us to take care of us if we need food, if we need shelter, if we need clothes. He wants us to seek first the kingdom of God and sacrifice our hearts. May God bless you today. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.